Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. If you don't already support us, you can do so by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you can click on one of our two friendly yellow buttons, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And thank you for your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, December 11th, 2017. Oh, man. You know, I'm glad I don't do a worst Christmas sermon of the year contest. (laughs) The production time that goes into our Easter worst sermon of the year contest is a lot. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine doing that twice a year. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible. You've heard of these things? You should really try opening it up. Uh, Open up your Bible and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Just because somebody is popular, just because right now everybody in the evangelical world is talking about so-and-so and and their teaching and their books and their... That doesn't mean that they're rightly handling God's Word. In fact, if they're the most popular thing in evangelicalism at the moment... The chances are like exceedingly good, better than 99% that the reason why they're so popular is because they're utterly mangling God's word. They're scratching each and years, teaching for shameful gain, things that they ought not to teach, things of that nature. Yeah. And uh, that's what we demonstrate on this program. But not uh, uh, apart from demonstrating it, we actually show you from Scripture how this stuff doesn't square. It doesn't square at all. And if they're not even teaching the scriptures, which is becoming the vast majority of what's going on <laughs> that passes for teaching, uh, then uh, we uh, we try to expose the manipulation techniques that they uh, are engaging in. So this is a program where we compare and contrast with the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles, apostolates, those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books we should be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Or again, we demonstrate, like I've said, that what's being passed off isn't biblical. It's every bit as mythological as any medieval Roman Catholic dogma regarding the Virgin Mary uh, prayers to the saints, indulgences, and things like that. Yeah, it's really that bad. And unfortunately, that's the way evangelicals prefer it. But God's Word doesn't permit it, so uh, we try to point that out. And listen, I understand that this is a rough program to to get used to. You know, this is one of those programs where 
I'm politically incorrect. I make no excuses for it. I, in fact, it just is what it is. In fact, I don't need to apologize for it being politically incorrect because political correctness is not something that I am bound to obey. In fact, uh, over and again, because I'm a Christian and I've been called to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins, that means I'm duty-bound to obey God, not men or politically correct culture or things like that. All right. So the uh, the Christmas holiday is rapidly approaching. We we are almost to the halfway point for this month. And uh and so uh, the the bad Christmas sermons have already begun and I I I always consider it a mercy. Uh, it's a mercy on my part and from God, really, if you think about it, that I don't try to burden you with a whole slew of bad Easter uh Christmas sermons because yeah, that 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 would just be painful, and this is one of the reasons why we don't do a worst Christmas sermon of the year contest. But that being said, there you know there there is something that we'll be listening to today that's rather interesting. But let's kind of walk through this. Here's what we're going to be doing on today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. We're going to be heading over to the fire and glory outpouring. And uh, listening to, uh, I don't know, Angie Yosef, never heard of her. I mean, she looks like and sounds like she's a friend of uh, Jeremy and Miranda Nelson. And uh, and right off the bat, she gives like a failed cold reading. We'll point that out while listening to, you know, like the opening portion of her message from not that far long ago. Um, Then, uh, you know, we are going to, let's see, oh, man. We're going to hear from Ryan Lestrange, from Lestrange and LeClaire. The Lestrange and LeClaire twin, uh, twins are going to be talking to us. Ryan Lestrange, Monday Word. Uh, ironically, we're getting this out on time today. Um, the, the name of the Monday Word is A Secret to the Miraculous. Uh-huh. Secrets. Yeah, so he apparently knows the secret to the miraculous. And if it were in the Bible, it wouldn't be a secret. So the only person you can get it from is Ryan Lestrange. We'll point that out. And then Jennifer LeClaire finally got her December uh, prophetic word out. And I, I got a note. She got it out eight days late. And uh, that just is not typical behavior for Jennifer LeClaire. I mean, normally she's, you know, one of these on-the-spot prophecy types and uh, and so apparently the word of the lord was a wee bit delayed and uh, and uh, we have it on good authority in fact by, from Jennifer LeClaire herself she is no longer the senior editor at Charisma magazine did some research on this she announced it on her website i think the 30th of uh, October and uh, we didn't really catch it, you know kept, you know key in on it until very recently and in the announcement, she noted that she and Charisma Magazine parted ways in June of this year and that she's stayed on as a kind of a consultant in the interim. And uh, and and now it sounds like all, you know, all formal ties have been severed with the exception of, I think, her, you know, her walking in the glory podcast or walking in the spirit podcast that she puts out on the charisma network. So Jennifer LeClaire and uh, charisma magazine, uh, they're no longer uh, working together. You know, she no longer edits for them. So I think that's kind of interesting news, but uh, so we're going to hear from Ryan Lestrange. We're going to hear from Jennifer LeClaire, and then we're going to hear from Hank and Brenda Kuhneman. And uh, the, the, <laughs> the episode of their television pro. <laughs> program the opening segment is actually kind of funny and the reason why it is funny is because 
Brenda Kuhneman regales us with a story of some encounter that her husband apparently had while she was sleeping. And and she was kind of bummed because she didn't hear the audible voice of God. At least he claims that he did, and she didn't hear it. And the, you know, it's it's one of those things that on its face the story just doesn't just doesn't have the ring of truth to it, if you know what I mean. So worth passing along just for the pure weirdness of it. And then uh, to round out hour number one, we are going to be hearing from Greg Pittman. And oh man, talk about a messed up message. The 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 <laughs> the message is how to incarnate. Yeah, apparently the you know the, the nativity season, the time of Christmas, where we remember at the the birth of Christ, God in human flesh. Um, he literally is he he preached something that is so confusing and uh, and it's theologically off and, and it's all about you becoming god in human flesh and he's not i don't as far as i could tell he's not one of these word of faith guys but man that was a weird message so we'll listen to a portion of that the the, the especially confusing part see if we can make heads or tails of it and then hour number 2 we're going to head down to C3 church oxford falls in uh, new south wales australia and uh, listen to uh, guest preacher Jenny Gilpin and her message titled A Ploy and a Plan, A Ploy and a Plan. And this is an example of exactly what you should not do in a sermon. N- number one, Jenny Gilpin should not be preaching anywhere. She's a woman. God's word forbids women from doing this. But that being said, the message itself, it's uh, its all her life story. It's not even a, a biblical exegesis or even an attempt at preaching a biblical text. So... That will be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend that you make yourself comfortable. And uh, since we're going to begin with a Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange syndicate update, let's do this. So I was having this wedding, and and we we, we didn't have, we had Shabbat. Yeah, that's Heidi Baker. Shubba. And yeah, those are actual sound bites taken from uh, her appearances at different venues. Yeah. Taco short of a combo plate. All right, so we're heading over to San Diego, California, or at least San Diego County, California. And uh, we're going to be listening to Angie Yosef. Angie Yosef, she made an appearance recently at the Fire and Glory outpouring. I have no idea who this woman is, uh, but this Fire and Glory thing has been making all the news in the uh, secret, not secretive, but in the uh, charismatic Pentecostal Elijahist NAR type uh, community. And this Angie Yosef, she's going to begin, and I can just say it, it, this is a totally failed cold reading. You know, and uh, you know, so she claims to have prophetic powers, at least to somehow hear the voice of God. And then right out of the shoot, she botches this one. But uh, we'll, we'll let you listen, and then we'll listen to a portion of her message itself just to 
you know, see if we can get a radar fix on who this woman is. Here we go. Yeah, I have actually a word for the lady in the back. Uh, you're right next to the guy in the blue shirt. All right. So she has a word from God for the lady in the back next to the guy in the blue shirt. Okay. You sure you're hearing from God here? Yes. What's your name? And see, there's the failure right there. She claims to be hearing from God. Don't you think God would tell her what the name of the woman is? You know, I'm just just saying. <laughs> see, yeah, the prophecy fail right from the beginning. Hannah, would you stand up? I just felt I was standing in the back, and you were just highlighted to me. I feel like God really loves you so much. Um, I feel like... Yeah, I cannot tell the difference between this and going and seeing an astrologer or a tarot card reader or, you know, somebody who reads your fortunes or weird things like that. This this is in that exact same vein. And notice the vagaries of it. Oh, I just want to let you know God loves you so much. Well, duh. I mean, Scripture actually says that, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Or God demonstrates his love for in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. Over and again, the Scriptures, the written word of God, reveals in explicit detail that God loves us and that Christ has bled and died for us, and that the reason why Christ has bled and died for us is because of God's great love for us. You kind of get the idea. I don't need some woman claiming to hear directly from God telling me that God loves me, uh huh, and who doesn't even know my name, has to ask me what my name is. You're like a gate for your family. Um, you're a, there's like a pioneering call on your life. Um, a pioneering call, yeah. <laughs> Get the horse and buggy out. And there's a leadership call in your life also. And I um, I see you doing a lot of stuff with like, I don't know if you're like in the legal world, but I see you like holding a lot of papers and like reading through them. And I, I see a lot of papers <laughs> reading through them. Maybe she's going to be served with, uh, you know, Papers because she's going to be sued, and so these are the papers associated with a lawsuit. You know, um, I feel like it's a call for justice and like a call for uh, fighting for other people. Um, and I feel like uh, as you're walking, like your walk with God is an example for other people to follow, even in your own family. So I just bless you, Father. We just bless. Him. Wait, you can just sit out or anything. Okay. Well, believing. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're welcome. Uh, All right, so the, the the video just cut forward a little bit there. Again, you know, this is like a cold reading prophecy fail there. Couldn't even tell the name of the woman in the back. You, know, just, you sure you're hearing from God? But let's listen a little and bit so I just to her message here. Um, I was actually just praying for tonight, and oh, wow, there's a Christmas tree there. <laughs> I was just praying for tonight, and I felt like God uh, has a word. He has a word for all of us in the room here. Um, you, you felt like God has a word for everybody in the room there. Y yeah. Um, have you heard of the Bible? You know, it. the Bible actually says of itself, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, in fact, let me read this portion of Scripture out. Yeah, God has a word for us. It's called the Bible. Um, here's what it says, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture and the word there for scripture is graphe, writing. Um, 
all written scripture. It is breathed out by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You know, earlier in that chapter, verse 14, Paul writing to young Pastor Timothy, who's a pastor of uh, one of the congregations in uh, the city of Ephesus. As for you, continue what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. Yeah, the sacred scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Yes, God has a word for all of us. And we can, and we all have that word available to us in the Bible. I really felt like we are, I felt like God is raising up in this season a company of people who are dreamers and those who are. You, you sure your feelings are right on that? Creators. That um, there are people in this room here who are called to create for creativity. And it's not necessarily mean like Hollywood or uh, it's the ability to build something. It's the ability to create something. We don't know what, but God is raising up dreamers and creators to dream something. We don't know what to dream and create something. We don't know what those things are, but I mean, so if you've ever dreamt something or you know, created something, then you might be the fulfillment of this feeling that um, Angie Yosef is having. And I feel like God is raising up those people. Um, but how high is he raising them up? Also feel like he wants us to, um, I feel like in this season, there, there will be many in the room here who will be picking up things from uh, like your childhood. Like Yeah, so yeah. So God's going to have people dream something, create something, and uh, pick up something from their childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. This change in my life. That you haven't touched in such a long time, um, like gifting skills, uh, instruments that I feel like you will start to uh, bring back to life. And, and So you're going to bring an instrument back to life. So you need to find a dead instrument. And then... <laughs> resurrect it you know also some of you that will start walking in things that you have never ever thought about so you're gonna we don't know what those things are but you're gonna walk in a thing Uh, okay you know maybe like a sidewalk or something touching or walking in at all um and so i feel like god wants us uh to just walk in and the empowerment heart of the father Uh, right see god wants you and so this is the will of god that you walk in the empowerment heart of of the Father, right? I don't know what that means, but, you know, it sounds r- really spiritual. Yeah, the empowerment heart of God the Father. Yeah, we should probably put it on, like, you know, a banner or something, or maybe even a business card or something. The empowerment heart of the Father. There is a difference between walking in, in, in life. Um, yeah, yeah. I've experienced that in my own life where I'm sure you have. Yes. It's it's easy to walk in life. I generally walk every day somewhere. I had a view of God as a controlling God. And through the transformation of the Holy Spirit, 
all of a sudden, I began to transform my mind to know that the father is an empowering father. And right. So, you, so the all of a sudden, so it was like a suddenly that you just, you know, you you realize this thing the, about the empowering heart of the father, right? Just creates a whole different dynamic in our walk, in our Christian walk. And right. We need those dynamics. Our life. So I just want to take a minute to just pray into that before we even start. Holy. <laughs> You're going to pray into that. Did any did any of that make any sense to you? None of it made any sense to me. I mean, there were words. She was speaking words. I heard lots and lots of words, but you know what I didn't hear? The word of God. I didn't hear anything even remotely related to the word of God. I heard this girl go on about her feelings, uh, but nothing she said actually is found in Scripture. So... All right, we're still under Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate. Let's check in with Ryan Lestrange and uh, his latest Monday word. We're Johnny on the spot with, with this one. And the name of it is A Secret to the Miraculous. Secret, yeah. You can't find this in the Bible because if it was in the Bible, it wouldn't be a secret. So the apostle Ryan Lestrange, and he does claim to be an apostle, uh, is here to reveal the secret to the miraculous that you can't find anywhere else except for his YouTube channel. Here we go. Hi, friends. It's Ryan Lestrange here with the Monday Word. And my Monday Word for you is a secret to the miraculous. I want to give you today a very simple yet profound secret to the miraculous. The Simple but profound, but he's the only one who knows it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a secret. Power of agreement. One of the great miracles I saw in my life came through a simple prayer of agreement. Now so the power of agreement is the secret to the miraculous. Well... <laughs> Hey, it's no longer a secret. Not only is it on YouTube, you know, it's, it's here in my podcast. So we can say that we've now become a conduit for um, releasing and de-secretizing. Is that the right word? You know, you, you, remember, you know how in the United States they have that uh, Freedom of Information Act if you write you know, to your congressman or to the government and say, I, I want to see these documents that used to be top secret. You need to release them. Um, you know, there's like a Freedom of Information Act that gives, you know, a sunset clause on these particular documents. And if you know that they exist, you can ask for them and they can be released to you. So I feel like this is like the uh, the miraculous Freedom of Information Act on the part of Ryan Lestrange. What was formerly top secret, the uh, the connection between agreement and the releasing of the miraculous, which nobody had ever really connected because that was all part of the secret. It was a big mystery. That, that that now, via the Spiritual Prophetic Freedom of Information Act, we now know what the secret is to the miraculous, and it's the power of agreement. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it means, but it's no longer a secret. Yeah. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 19, again, I say to you, if two shall touch and agree on earth uh, about anything they ask, it shall be done for them. Let's say it might. It said it shall. Amos 3, 3 says, how can two walk together except they be uh, in agreement or be agreed? The power of agreement literally opens up a realm of the miraculous. The prayer of the, the, the power, it, it opens up the realm. I mean, that's the whole secret. I mean, it was hiding in plain sight. Who knew? To touch and agree on anything unlocks the kingdom of God. And when you're going through battle, when you're going through difficulty, you need someone to agree with you. The word right. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so call my friend. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm going through battle. Oh, that's terrible, Chris. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. It happens all the time. But uh, I'm calling because I need you to agree with me. Okay, what are we agreeing about? Yeah, I, I think you're agreeing that I'm right now going through a battle. Okay, yeah, I, I agree that you're going through a battle. Good. See, there you go. Power of agreement opened up and released and unlocked the realm of the miraculous. Blammo! I'm now... <sighs> that doesn't sound right. Agreement means harmony of opinion, of action, of character, an arrangement as to a course of action. Listen, when you grab hands with somebody, or you call someone on the phone and say, let's get into agreement. It's not the length of the prayer. It's not the volume of the prayer, but it is the unwavering faith to say we've laid hold on it and we believe it's done. All right. So if you want to, you, you want to release it, you put into practice the secret to the miraculous you need to phone people and stuff in order to help them to come into agreement with you because that's the secret, the key right there. One of the most profound experiences I had with the prayer of agreement was with my spiritual mentor, Dr. Norval Hayes. The, 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 the prayer of agreement. Hey, um, where do I find that prayer of agreement? Sounds like a, well, a spell of some kind. They just finished a faith conference, yeah. and one of the Bible school students, an international student, his father had flown in for the meeting. The last meeting took place, and we were in the green room. The whole thing was over. And the man brought his father and says, my father needs healing in his heart. He's going to have surgery as soon as he lands home. Now, why I remember this so vividly, I can't tell you, other than God was teaching me something about miracles. So, uh, Dr. Hayes said, Ryan, let's pray. It was just him and I in that room. We prayed for the man, and I remember... I remember distinctly sensing there was no atmosphere of miracles. There was no tangibility of what the, we would call the anointing. I All right. So no atmosphere of miracles, no tangibility of the anointing. What does that even mean? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what exactly is the atmosphere like when the miracle anointing thingy is present? I remember thinking right before we prayed and just after, I literally felt nothing so many times. Feelings? What is it with these people today? They just keep going on and on about their feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Trying to forget. My feelings of love Teardrops They're rolling down on my face Trying to forget My feelings of love
Oh, yeah. It brings tears to my eyes. Yeah, so uh, Ryan Lestrange going on and on about, you know, having you know, feelings regarding the anointing and the atmospheres and, you know, whatever. <clears throat> we continue. My miracle ministry, I've had such a sense from heaven. that Sense, yeah, those senses from heaven, yeah, what... Is that like spidey senses? It is here interrupting this gathering. But in that moment, I sensed nothing. But Dr. Hayes... Sensed nothing. His, his prophetic sensors were flatlining. Said we're going to agree and it's going to be done. We prayed the most simplistic prayer of agreement. For Simple, simplistic prayer of agreement. This man's new heart, and that was the end of it. I will never forget it. He flew home to the nation he's from, and within 48 hours, we heard the testimony that he went in for the surgery. They checked him and said, we have no explanation for this, but you have a new heart. This yeah, what's the guy's name again? Could we see the medical records? Simple prayer of agreement. You might not feel anything. You might not have a prophetic leading or prophetic word, but when you're in crisis, when you need a miracle turnaround, if you want to release miracles in the lives of other people... Begin to pray the prayer of agreement and... Right, you can find it in Fourth Hesitations, uh, chapter 93, I think. If you can't find anybody on earth to agree with you, you can begin to touch the word of God and say, this promise is mine and agree with God himself. You just need two people just to you know, do the agreement prayer thingy and... You could like win the lotto and everything, man. You just need a uh, somebody to feel that they're in agreement with you. To touch and agree concerning anything, it shall be done. If you find a promise that covers your case, you can have it. I want to pray for you. No, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Won't let that happen because I'm 100% positive the deity that you pray to is different <clears throat> than the deity I pray to. Yeah, my the deity I believe in is God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity of uh, Scripture. And your Holy Spirit, Ryan, that ain't the Holy Spirit I pray to. So, <clears throat> just saying. All right, we are up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith... You can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to be hearing from Jennifer LeClaire, Hank and Brenda Kuhneman, and Greg Pittman. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss them. We'll be right back. If you're a weather warrior, it's time to lay down your weapons. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> New from Los Lobos Ministry Records, an album that's just oozing with the love of Christ. It's Pastor Perry Noble's new techno praise album entitled More Like Jesus. 
The songs on this album will melt your face off in a sanctified way. This album includes the number one purpose-driven praise techno dance song of all time, entitled, Well, You Might Just Want to Hear It For Yourself. If you're all about the jackass in the church, the jackass in the church is the person that always screams, I want to go deeper. You know what I tell people that say that around here? You're only as deep as the last person you serve. You know what I tell people that say that around here? You're only as deep as the last person you served. If you're all about the jackass in the church, the jackass in the church is the person that always screams, I want to go deeper. If you're all about the jackass in the church, the jackass in the church is the person that always screams, I want to go deeper. Don't you feel closer to Jesus after hearing that sample? Well, we've got another one for you, too. This one's entitled, You Officially Suck. I think that you officially suck as a human being. I think that you officially suck as a human being. Listen, I'm playing games, we all. I think that you officially suck as a human being. I'm not playing games. I think that you officially suck as a human being. Other tracks include Your Grandma Smokes Weed and I Don't Like Hanging Out With People That Make Me Uncomfortable. Act now, and Los Lobos Ministry will even throw in a free bonus track by Stephen Furtick entitled, Cause They're Stupid. Here's a sample. Cause they're stupid, cause they're stupid. A lot of people don't like rock and roll in church. Cause they're stupid, cause they're stupid, cause they're stupid, cause they're stupid. A lot of people don't like rock and roll in church. Cause they're stupid, cause they're stupid. Cause they're stupid, cause they're stupid. A lot of people don't like rock and roll in church. Cause they're stupid, cause they're stupid. So act now and get Pastor Perry Noble's brand new techno praise album entitled More Like Jesus. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could, well, make you think that all these prophetic words based on feelings are not actually prophetic words, that they're nothing more than feelings. 
Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate, the other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you're signing up to automatically contribute an amount that you decide. It is a monthly commitment, and it goes like this. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey. And that commitment is at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to specify the amount that you would like to contribute, you could do so. You can do that by clicking on the Donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. Let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Moving along, we're going to reset. We're still under the Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate, so let's do this. Oh, hallelujah. Get up right now. That's right, Robert Tilton, Hubabaconda. So we're heading over to the YouTube channel of a self-proclaimed prophetess who's also steered her way into the New Apostolic Reformation. I'm sorry, the so-called, so-called, it's not a real thing, the so-called New Apostolic Reformation, although it's weird because it is a real thing. And uh, this is Jennifer LeClaire, and we're going to note that uh, she is eight days late, tardy. Prophetically tardy, prophetically missing. I mean, I don't understand. As busy as people are in the month of December, you know, buying Christmas presents and making food and cookies and going to church and stuff like that, as busy as people are during the month of December, how it is that she can be so prophetically tardy, you know, that she doesn't even release the December word of the Lord until... December eighth, yeah, I, I'm just saying that this is this is prophetic negligence at its at its worst. But uh, finally, it's out. So here's Jennifer Leclaire. Ho- hope you're you're writing this down because I mean we've you know we're almost at the halfway point for the month of December. So hopefully you can use this. And here we go. All right, Jennifer Leclaire here, senior leader at the Awakening House of Prayer, founder of the Ignite Net. What's a senior leader? I, I'm not familiar with that office. What's the, that office in scripture? I'm, I'm confused. I want to share with you the word of the Lord, the, the word the Lord spoke to me for the month of December. Now, Yeah, well, if God gave this to you for the month of December, he was late or you were late. I mean, who is it? Who's to blame for this prophetic negligence on your part? 
is timely. This is critical for some. No, it's not timely. You got it out eight days late. This is just what you need to hear so that you can get from where you are now to where you want to go. To- well, I would have been able to get to where I want to go sooner if you had gotten this out on time. God wants you to go to where God wants to take you. Can we give her a prophetic detention for being tardy? The word is press on. Uh, okay, sorry. Right. Writing this down, I'm press on. Got it. I read this to you, then I want to unpack it for just a few minutes. So, so she's going to read this timely but released late word of the Lord. Clearly, she had no sense of urgency of getting it out on time. And it's press on, and so she's going to read this direct revelation and then exegete it? Okay. With me, because there's some things in here that require a little bit of expounding, and we're going to do that. Let me read you the word of the Lord. Behold, I do a new thing. I am to I aim to bring you into new opportunities in the year ahead. I- uh-huh. Whew, consider my mind to be blown there. Guess what? There's going to be new opportunities in the year 2018. Yeah, well, duh. I mean, if you're breathing, there will be new opportunities in 2018. I want you to walk free, unencumbered by the strife of the past, the disappointments of the past, by the ties that bind you to your past. It is time to look ahead with fresh eyes, to move with fresh energy and with a fresh anointing that comes from being willing to let go. So if you're willing to let go, you get a fresh anointing for 2018. Uh Uh-huh. Turn the key of finishing and to walk through the new doors I have for you. There are issues in your homes, issues in your mind, and issues. That, could you be more vague? There are issues in your home. Right. Which homes don't have issues? Oh, man. I, I mean... Okay, yeah, you're going to know the uh, prophetic onesie, one size fits all for everybody. Your home has issues, by the way. It's like, you really? Uh-huh. In your heart that need to be resolved so you can run the race I have set before you without the heavy weights and toxic trouble of the past, says God. Choose this day to... Re- Isn't the cross the thing that solves the problems of our toxic troubles of the past? And the name for those, by the way... It's sin. Reconcile and repent of the old ways so you can move into the new thing I have prepared for you. Praise. Uh Well, what about the gospel? You got to repent and be forgiven. Yeah. God is good. Now, that is good news. It is good news. No, it's not. You didn't hear this from God. You totally made it up. Thing. Many of you have uh, you've known that you've been in a transition. Let me just say this. Uh, yeah, you've been in a transition. Yeah, I've been. Too, I'm currently between two suddenlies. You know, as bluntly and as gently as I can. You cannot get to where God wants you to go as long as you are not willing to press past your past. Now I know all too. Yeah, that's right. It's like Timon and Pumbaa. What do they say? You know, you got to leave your past and your behind. Yeah. That many of you watching me, many of you listening to the sound of my voice, have had a very tough year. This was one of the toughest years of my life, I'm telling you. And it's not over yet. There have been more trials this year than I've had in many years past. But guess what? I am pressing on. I am doing what... Well, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult of a year this has been for you, Jennifer. I mean, sneaky squid spirit attacks and everything. I mean, it just... 
Yeah, it doesn't get any more woo, than that, you know. The apostle said, pressing on to the things that lie ahead. We have to press past the thing which lies behind. We've got to press past those things. The Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. Now, here's the thing. We cry out for the new thing, but sometimes we don't want to press past the old thing. We cry out. For- yeah, so if you want the new thing, but you won't press past the old thing, which I have no idea. How does one exactly press past an old thing? You know, just... I'm a little vague on the details there. New opportunity, the new doors. Here we are, 5778, the year of the open door. Many of you are standing right there in front of the door that God has put you there to walk through, but you're not quite willing to walk through the door. Yeah, how would I recognize the door? What color is it? Um, Could you give me, you know, where is it located? You know, since God wants me to walk through this open door thingy. Uh, is it at 5778 Yahweh Street? I mean, you know, where can I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Rabin Circle or Rabin Square, you know, where is it exactly? Hey, let me just say, put it to you this way. You can't walk through the open door with all that baggage from your past. You just- uh, yeah, see, that's the thing. You got you to gotta put the luggage down, yeah keep kind of bumping into the thing your baggage just won't fit through the door frame you've got to let go of the baggage of the past the lord says right just just you put the baggage down it's a skinny door wherever five seven seven eight (sighs) yeah rabin's circle is uh yeah Hold, I do a new thing. He says, I aim to bring you into new opportunities in the year ahead. Many of you have been knocking. You've been asking. You've been seeking. The Bible says, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. You've been knocking so loud, so long that your knuckles are sore. Here's the thing. Well, you know, looking at my knuckles, I mean... Yeah, no, they're pretty good at the moment. Sometimes the reason why the door is not opening is because you're carrying so much baggage from your past. The Lord knows better than to allow you to step into the new because you would just self-implode because of... Well, wait a second. You said 5778 is the year of the open door. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm bringing my luggage with me or not. That door is going to be open, right? Uh-huh, yeah. I, I'm just saying your, your prophecy seems to be self-contradicting. All the baggage, all the hurts, all the wounds, all the toxic ties that bind. Listen, the Lord said, I want you to walk free. Yeah. Unencumbered. Yeah. I heard the word unencumbered about... You, you did, where'd you hear it? September. There were some things... In, in September-ish, you heard the word unencumbered. Were you at a restaurant? You know, were you sitting in your office? Where did you hear this word? needed to resolve there were some relational issues i needed to reconcile there were some uh, just some things that i needed to deal with and the lord says i want you to go into 2018 unencumbered that's what he said to me back in september and, and you sure that was god knew what it meant unencumbered means to to be free it's like a real estate term somebody buys a property it's yeah. unencumbered it means there's no debt no nothing on it he said, I want you to walk free. Un- walk free, unencumbered, yeah. Encumbered by the strife of the past, by the disappointments of the past, by the ties that bind you to the past. Now, yeah, you got to get past those ties that bind you to the past thingy. Some of you have uh, f- found yourself in a relationship that's just full of strife, full of drama. Drama, 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 drama. The enemy wants to keep you in a cycle of drama. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, this prophetic word from the Lord, dramatic, indeed, yeah. 
something about drama. Drama attracts drama. The more that you engage with the drama, the more drama is going to engage with you. You've got so you, the the drama is attracted to drama. So you got to put a halt to the drama so that the attracted drama doesn't show up because it's like ringing the drama dinner bell. And God told you this. Okay. To cut off the strife. The Bible says that to live peaceably with all men as long as as much as it depends on you. There were- yeah, I don't think that uh, that was dealing with the drama thingy. It, that's not quite how that works. People, they don't want to live in peace with you. They no. want to stab you in the back. They want to see you fall. They want to see you fail. You. Yeah. I mean, have you noticed here that I feel like we're getting uh, details of Jennifer LeClaire's personal life? Um, she's being quite dramatic, too, about it. And it's like stuff is like, whoa, 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 TMI there, Jennifer. You know, you, 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 why are you putting this out on a public video, you know, like this? Around people that are walking in peace, that are walking in love, that are walking in an anointing, not walking in strife, walking in unforgiveness, walking in hate. If you cannot reconcile a thing, there comes a time to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Right. That, that That's exactly what God says to do, apparently. Yeah, I think you get the idea. I mean, this is just weird. <laughs> it's just really weird. Okay, so uh, we're still under Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate, and uh, we're going to head over to the um, One Voice Ministries, which is the ministries for Hank and Brenda Kuhneman, and uh, their program, you know, New Levels. And this is <laughs> really weird. And the reason I say it's really weird because it's kind of like that, well, prophecy, you know, cold reading failure on the part of uh, Angie Yosef. This is one of those things where this, the way this program starts off, I mean, seriously, it, it's like it has all the hallmarks of Hank was totally like making stuff up and lying to his wife, Brenda. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it. It's 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 really obvious and it happens really quick into the beginning of the program. Here we go. Is fighting on your behalf. Yeah. And he's fighting for your nation. Right. Hello, on. we're Hank and Brenda, and you're watching New Level, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Is we are going to talk about a prophetic word that the Lord has spoken, and here's what it is: the Lord God Himself is stepping in. For you and on behalf of his people. But I tell you. That, 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 that's it? The Lord God himself is stepping in. <sighs> I feel like Ralphie, you know, after he finally figured out how to use the <clears throat> little orphan Annie decoder ring. <laughs> that's it? It's, the Lord's stepping in, huh? Okay, I was kind of expecting something, you know, a little grander, more important than that. But okay, so tell me about this word of the Lord. I mean, while we're here. Lord God himself is stepping in to fight for you. Brenda, I don't know about you, but I tell you, this has been an interesting time in history. We're in an interesting, interesting, yeah. interesting time in the earth yeah. where uh, I don't think we've ever seen so many chaotic events and no. frightening sights. Like Jesus said, we need God to yeah, this. Total chaos, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you had this prophetic word. The Lord visited you in the middle of the night. 
and you heard a loud voice. Of course, I slept completely through it. I, st- I, I still wonder about that. I'm like, well, Lord, I would have. <laughs> I still wonder about that. It's like, were you telling me the truth, honey? I feel like you were just like pulling my leg or something. <laughs> to have been part of that but that's you know but god spoke yeah. a word yeah, yeah. and out loud and he said the yeah but she didn't hear it and she would have loved to have been a part of it heard himself, Lord, himself is stepping in for his people and hank you know scripture is so clear that god hears our prayers that god answers our prayers why on earth would i need the lord to speak to hank kuhneman you know, who has this obscure, you can tell it's like self-produced television program. And you got to put television in air quotes, right? And, and, you know, and he wants to release so that everybody would know right now, now, God is, he's going to finally once and for all step in. What's he been doing for 2,000 years? Not stepping in, you know? God's sitting there going, you know, I've totally changed my policy. You know, heaven is declaring and and sending out a press release right now through his PR agent, you know, Hank Kuhneman, that once and for all, he's God himself has decided he's going to, you know, step in. Yeah, there. (laughs) And it's like, okay, so, yeah, what has Yahweh been doing for the, you know, for all this time. I mean, has he decided to just not step in and now all of a sudden he's decided to step in? I mean, yeah, none of this makes any sense, but I think you get the point. All right. Last change uh, for the uh, first hour. Let's play this. Looking for a city built above. Looking for a city. that you know, maybe he was hitting some weird notes there. A little bit pitchy is the best way to put it there. So uh, we're heading over to Cedar Ridge Christian Church. We're going to be listening to the vision casting leader, Greg Pittman. And <laughs> the uh, the topic in question is 
how to um, be God in the flesh. Yeah, that's right. The, the, the name of the sermon series is Incarnate, and the subtitle of the series is Learning to Be God in the Flesh. Mm-hmm. This is so off. It's so bizarrely bad. I mean, in, uh, it's uh, there's no way to recover this. But anyway, let's uh, dive into the sermon uh, at the part where he references Philippians chapter 2 and then explains how we are sent by God like Jesus was and we too are God in human flesh. It's a mess. Here we go. Philippians 2 tells us a little bit about Jesus. It says he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. That's talking about the incarnation. Jesus, Yes, it is. Obedience was leaving heaven and coming to earth. And there being a found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I mean, Jesus was obedient. He, he left paradise. He, he left everything and he entered the, the cesspool and the brokenness of human misery. Yes, he did. And you know, you, you kind of missed a portion of that Philippians 2 text. And I think would help in properly exegeting it because, I mean, if you're going to talk about you know, Jesus Christ, the birth of the Son of God. I mean, Philippians 2 is a great text to help us understand the incarnation. In fact, let's let's take a look at Philippians 2, and we'll apply some of our uh, context. So here's what it says. We'll start at verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the very nature or the form of God. That's right. You see, Philippians 2 verse text teaches us that Jesus is God by nature, I'm not. You're not. No. So who being in the very nature of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Instead, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on Across. So if you want to understand or begin to unpack the mystery of the incarnation, it begins with this idea. Jesus Christ is by nature God. And which is why it's important to note then it says he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. Now, if he wasn't by nature God, then not considering himself equal with God, that's not, you know, some major virtue. I mean, I don't consider myself equal with God. Do I get praised for that? Well, no, because I'm a human being. I'm a creature. I am not by nature God. Being a creature, I have a beginning. I have an end. <laughs> Thankfully, I have eternal life. But as, as there was a time when I was not, and now there's a time that I am. And uh, if Jesus tarries, there will be a time when I will no longer be at least here, you know, you kind of get the idea. And so I am a creature created by God. Jesus is not a creature. No, he is God in human flesh. Now, another text that kind of helps flesh out some of the mystery of this classic text is John 1, 1. Here's what it says. In the beginning was the word 
That's Christ. Jesus is the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made with him. Without him was not anything that was that anything made that was made. So you get the idea. Jesus is God. Period. So you and I, yeah, no, we're not. So uh, let's now we've got that foundational concept kind of ironed out. What is going to come next is going to be abysmal. Best case scenario, abysmal. Joseph's obedience, it meant a little embarrassment. Now he's talking about Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, although he's not a direct descendant of Joseph. The shame, a little bit of inconvenience. Jesus' obedience, it meant paradise lost and ultimately life lost. Christmas tells us the story of obedience. It's about this entrance plan that was obeyed and executed. Mm, obedience. Actually, Jesus' birth is part of the good news that the Son of God was born of the Virgin Mary, come to earth for our sins, for our salvation, went to the cross, died, rose again on the third day. You know, it's all part of the story of the good news. Obedience gets it gets to the nubbins of the law, and the good news is, is that Christ has perfectly obeyed the law for us. But if we just stop there, the story is short. That That's not everything there is. Because Christmas is about an entrance plan continued. Um, where are you getting that? <laughs> Christmas is about an entrance plan continued. Uh, alarm bells are going off in my head. Run, danger, Will Robinson, danger! There's something that continues here, and that's be- that's where us believers come in. That's where followers of Jesus come in. Be- the entrance plan continuing, this is where believers come in? <laughs> what? The DNA of Jesus through God's Holy Spirit is transferred from Jesus into our lives. Do you have a text that says that? I don't know what you're talking about. Since, since the, the day of Pentecost that's recorded in Acts chapter 2, yeah. God's Holy Spirit has showed up in brand new ways. Uh, up to that point, the Holy Spirit had, hadn't been given yet. It just popped in and out every once in a while. Throughout the Old Testament, we read about how the Spirit of God would descend upon people and then it would depart people. Think about King Saul. I mean, that was often what happened to him. The Holy Spirit would come upon him and then it would leave Saul. Holy Spirit would come up. Yeah, did you mention Saul's sin and wickedness and evil and hating of God's word and you know think, and not having any faith? Did you talk about that? No, he didn't. Uh, uh, King David, and then when he sinned with Bathsheba, we, we hear David's prayer, don't let your Holy Spirit be taken from me. True. But something new happens when... Jesus comes to this earth and then he returns back to heaven. He promises that he wouldn't leave his believers alone, that his Holy Spirit would never leave them, never forsake them. And so it changes for us. It it does. See, we we don't have to go to a a building or see a special person to, to contact God because for those of us that are believers, God's Spirit lives in us. Now, true. 
Scripture makes it clear that Christians, that our bodies, are the temples of the Holy Spirit. This is true. But here's the thing. Having the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of me as a believer is not the same thing as Jesus, who is God in human flesh, being born of the Virgin Mary. Yeah, no, there's no, it's not the same. And our our hearts become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And true, we don't have to actually bring people people to God at a building. We actually take God to people because He's in us. Um, did you notice the the theological slippage that's happening here? Yeah, we're this we're getting some slippage here. And all of this was prophesied back in Joel 2.28 when God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Yeah, having the Holy Spirit dwell on the inside of us is not the same as the incarnation. Yeah, no, that would make me a little God, and I'm not. Before that, the Holy Spirit showed up to appointed people, to special people, on special occasions. But now... All followers of Jesus, it's, it's, it's this opportunity where everyone who believes that this, this incredible presence of God comes and lives within us. And we live in those times. If you're a follower of Jesus, we live in those times. True, Christians are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. No problem there. The very Spirit of God taking up residence inside of you. Literally God with us. Got to be careful there. The Emmanuel prophecy is not a prophecy regarding the Holy Spirit. No. The Emmanuel prophecy of Isaiah is a prophecy regarding the Son of God, Jesus, not the Holy Spirit. Like with the people of the Old Testament, Gideon and Joshua and Samson and King David, but God in the flesh now, God living inside of us. Yeah, that, that's not the fulfillment of the Emmanuel prophecy. And so before Jesus left, yeah. Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Oh, no, 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 no. So as as G- Jesus is saying, as I, I entered into this world, now listen, I'm sending you, and, and you're entering in this world. As I came as God in the flesh, and now you are God in the flesh. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just because Jesus sent the apostles does not mean he was sending them as God in human flesh. That is, that no, doctrinally doesn't work, logically doesn't work. Oh, Wow. You are sent just like Jesus. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you are being sent just like Jesus to be God in the flesh, to represent. No. No, no. Wow. Yeah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. God to the people that you come into contact with every day. You know, when I think about me being that and I think about the people... No, you are not God in human flesh. I'm not God in human flesh. 
I'm not God. I'm not a God. I talk to of us being representatives, being that God in the flesh. Uh, I, I think the thing that often comes to mind for many of us is I, I don't know what to do with that. And maybe the second thing that comes to mind is I don't. I know exactly what to do with what you just said. Reject it out of hand. It's a false doctrine. In fact, it's a demonic doctrine. Time to do that. I, I, I don't know how in the world I could possibly take on that responsibility. I mean, we've got all these things. I won't take on that responsibility because I'm not a god. We've got to do just to live life. How can you be, how can I be God in the flesh? How can I live as God in the flesh with everything? Don't. <laughs> yeah, I think you get the point. And uh, that it, it's as bad as, as what you just heard and, and worse. I mean, this guy does not know his scriptures. He is deceiving these people, and wrongfully so. And, I mean, now the people leaving there are thinking, i got to go and be God in human flesh. No, you're a sinner saved by the grace of Christ who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And there's a big difference between those two concepts. So, oh, man, absolutely sad, very sad. Yes, Mr. Pittman is not qualified to be a pastor. He does not know his Bible well at all. So I think you get the point. All right, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pyre Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Pyre Christian. Quick break when we come back. We're heading down to C3 Church in uh, Oxford Falls as we listen to Jenny Gilpin and her sermon, A Ploy and a Plan. We'll be right back. Sissyoprified religiosity won't save you. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. High Ridge Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... <laughs> You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. 
Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. <laughs> and what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, uh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. is to heretic, to R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. All right, we're back. Hour number two of Fighting for the Faith. Sermon review time. See if you can figure out what's wrong with this one. Like, the phrase, everything, might come to mind. Like, everything was wrong with that you being God in human flesh stuff. Wow, that was bad. Let's do this right. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. The good, the bad, the ugly, we review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon comes to us via C3 Church, Oxford Falls, uh, New South Wales, out there in Australia. This is where Phil Pringle holds court. And uh, he's tapped uh, the shoulder of Pastor Jenny Gilpin to uh, preach the sermon today. So we're going to be paying attention to that. Noting that God's Word does not allow women to do what she's doing. And this is not a biblical sermon. Like, far, 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 far from it. But uh, I think you'll get the point pretty early on. So let me go ahead and back off on the music. And without any further ado, here is Jenny Gilpin. And her message titled, A Ploy and a Plan. A plan. (laughs) I've got a cunning plan. Here we go. Hey, hey, please take your seats. I've loved being here. I loved being upstairs in the chapel service this morning because it was like being amongst my people. Um, Because in our church in Sheffield, I think the average age is about 27. (laughs) I'm like Grandma Gilpin. Well, how are you? You good? Um, I'll introduce myself. I'm from Sheffield, England, but I'm not. I'm actually from Brisbane. So, so listen, so I, I was ready for all the ashes discussions and stuff. Listen, I'm with you. I have been gone 26 years, but I am still Australian. 
Do you know, I'm just going to get straight stuck in this morning because um, I'm going to read to you a scripture before I start. And I've been asked to tell my story this morning, but I... But yeah, did you catch that? That's kind of the operative phrase. I've been asked to tell my story this morning. The job of a pastor in the sermon, when Christ's sheep, not our sheep, gather in church is to feed them the written word of God. Mm-hmm. This is why we are told in the pastoral epistles, 2 Timothy chapter 4, in particular, as pastors, we are to preach the word in season, out of season. That's the job of a pastor. The job of a pastor is not to tell you my story. No, far from it. We continue. Eve this morning, in this place and again tonight, that there is going to be plunder retrieved from the enemy. There is. Oh, wow. We're going to be retrieving some plunder. Wow. I've never preached that sermon yet. God wants to do something very powerful in our lives and over the spiritual realm of our lives and our nation. And over the spiritual realm. Yeah, powerful stuff he wants to do, apparently. To retrieve stuff that has been stolen. Stuff that's been stolen. God's going to be retrieving it. Wow, it's about time. Yeah. From our lives. And I want to start to you with Isaiah 49. It says here, can plunder be taken from warriors or captives be rescued from the fierce? Yes. Captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. And I believe it is in God's heart today that he wants to retrieve some stuff over your life. He's, he's going to get into the stuff retrieval thingy because you misquoted Isaiah 49. Right. Stuff that has been stolen from you. And sometimes we do not even realize that his, it has been stolen. But God wants to give some stuff back to you today. And he wants to show you that he has had a purpose in your pain. There's been a purpose in your pain, and the purpose is that thousands of people stand on the other side of your experience. That is the- <clears throat> Yeah, um, finding the purpose in our pain is going to be tough. I mean, not even Job and all the suffering he went through was given an answer from God, a straight answer regarding the purpose and why he suffered the way he did. Um. Yeah, boy, this is a mess. Truth. Thousands of people stand on the other side of your experience. I'm going to pray. Do you know there's moments when you're in the house of God and you're you're preaching and you feel very responsible? Well, what you're doing is irresponsible, like from the word go. Not that I didn't feel responsible last night or this morning, just so you know. But I feel responsible for delivering This morning, a cup of deliverance. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are here. Hmm. Hmm. And you are the great deliverer. And Father, you don't want to allow our lives to function in a mediocre level. But you want to come and anoint and place your spirit upon our lives in a whole new way. You want to come alongside and you want to deal with stuff that has contained us. 
and you want to release each and every one of our lives and our churches to be full of the miraculous power of God, free people bringing freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Lean in. You're ready, church. I'm going to share with you this stunning story this morning of the hand of God on my life. And I look around at my life now and it is actually a miracle that I'm standing here. What many people don't know about me, and this is a little secret I keep, is I'm actually very shy. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Couldn't have figured that out. (laughs) Who's she preaching about herself? Yeah. You don't believe it, do you? No, it is actually true. And it is a miracle that I'm on this platform, but you will find out why it is a miracle that I'm on this platform. I find myself in a place in my life, and I'll share this first so you can understand the journey. And so Dave and I have been busy. We left Australia in 1991, 25 years old, pregnant with my son, Ryan, that I'm sharing with you here in Sydney for a while for amusement for you. Um, And we went to England in 1991, planted churches. But 12 years ago, I felt God speak into my spirit to start something called City Hearts. You sure you felt that? Okay. And this is a charity that I run. And at this point in my life right now, there are 130 staff. And we've had the privilege in the last five years to rescue four and a half thousand victims of human trafficking. All right. Now, a little bit of a note. I mean, rescuing victims of human trafficking is a good work. No doubt about it. You don't need a direct revelation from God in speaking into your heart and giving you a feeling to go and help your neighbors who are being sex trafficked. Clear words of God in the written word of God would already tell you that it is a good work to do that. It's just the most amazing thing. And the actual privilege of that is that City Hearts has the British government contract for this. So I'm a big cheese these days. I am. I've been to Downing Street twice. And it's very interesting. And I I spoke with Theresa May recently, and all I can say is the lights were on, but no one was home. Bless her, because she had... She's got Brexit going on. She's she's got stuff to fry right now. But I'm saying that to say that that story that you hear today is because of me making a decision at some point in my life when I knew that I needed to leave the pain that had held me behind. And some of you have come to this house this morning not aware that today you are going to have a breakthrough moment Hello. Really? They're, they're going to have a breakthrough moment today just because you said so. Uh-huh. Today you are going to have a breakthrough moment in God's house. So my story starts like this. I was born. Mm-hmm. Your story. Yeah, the, the job of a Christian pastor during the sermon is to teach... Jesus' story from every passage of Scripture. 
this is the sermon time, and you, Jenny, are preaching about you, not Jesus, and claiming miraculous breakthroughs will occur in people's lives after hearing your story, not Jesus' story. Yeah, sorry, it, it, that's just wrong. Deep that, hey. I was born on the 4th of February, 1966, which officially makes me 51. And, uh, but I was born into a single mother's home in Brisbane for unwanted babies. And I was abandoned at birth in a home in Brisbane. Not wanted, not loved, just left in this home for unwanted babies. And 10 days later, some amazing people walked into my life. And two years before this couple, John Ernest and Enid Dorothy, who are now in heaven cheering today, had walked into this same home and they had adopted my big brother, Robert. He's now literally my big brother, Robert. Few too many visits to the business buffet. And so they went in and uh, had adopted my brother two years earlier, blonde, fair skin, blue eyes. And they went two years later to adopt me, dark hair, fake, this is fake, dark hair, brown eyes and olive skin. And they walked out of the hospital because they didn't match my brother. And, and my parents at that point were Presbyterians. They weren't aware of the work of the Holy Spirit, but they got to the door of the hospital and something arrested them. And they turned around back in and knew that they needed to adopt this little girl. And so at 10 days old, I became Jenny Enid. It's been a journey. (laughs) Jenny Enid Stewart. And I was brought up in an amazing, beautiful home. And it was a privilege to be adopted by my father, my heavenly father, into a Christian home. But what you've got to understand about my childhood is that I was the rejected little girl. It's amazing what is breathed in even at conception. And I was this rejected, very insecure, very alone little girl. My mum said I never had another child home to play in my childhood. And I felt very unwanted. I was the little girl that thought you were talking about me badly across the room. And I remember the moment as a small child thinking, how will I show that I am worth something? And so I began the process in my life. And you know, people respond to trauma in all sorts of different ways. They can become heroin addicts or have eating disorders. But I became the young woman that had to be good at everything. And my response was to become the girl that you hated. I went to Brisbane Girls Grammar School. I knew you could tell. And I um, was the straight-A student. I was ducks of the school. And I was school champion athlete. Um, And I laugh now because I have two artificial hips from all that running. I became school champion athlete. I was hockey captain. I was prefect. I was house captain. But what you've got to understand is that This wasn't just natural leadership. This was 
a little girl inside that was looking to be somebody. And we all can look a certain way on the outside, but we all carry stuff in our heart that no one else can see. But I want to say to you this morning that your heavenly father this morning can see the transactions of your heart. And the wonderful thing is today is that he loves you enough to want to move. And he loves you enough to want and come and deal with the things that are in your heart. And so I was this incredibly rejected young woman. And the story goes on. Uh, I ended up in Bible college. And isn't it amazing that this rejected young woman ended up going in a ministry, still feeling rejected. And I'll give you a little tip for free. If you wait all your life to do something for God because you're not whole, you'll be 90 and have done nothing. So I suggest you just get on with it and let the Holy Spirit sneak up on you and help you while you do it. A little bit of a note here. When you read like Ephesians chapter 5, it makes it very clear that our good works as Christians are done in our ordinary vocations. As husband, wife, father, mother, son, daughter, employer, employee. Yeah, so, I mean, this this already has, a, this is a mess. Number one, she's preaching about herself. Number two, she shouldn't be preaching. She's a woman. God's word forbids this, and she claims to be a pastor. Um, that's all kinds of strikes. And on top of it, she is tacitly teaching a false doctrine regarding good works. you got to let the Holy Spirit, you know, teach you to kind of get on and do something for God. No, (laughs) our good works are done because we are Christians, because we are forgiven, because we have eternal life and salvation and have been reconciled to God because of what God has done for us in Christ. And now we do our good works in our ordinary vocations. You don't have to do something special for God. No, not at all. That's no. So changing diapers, making dinner, going to work, working in the cubicle, doing a good job. You know, these are all good works. So this is really messed up on a lot of levels here. So there I was, and we ended up in England in 1991. And my, my dad, who was my hero, had died when I was 16, two years after I finished Two, de- two weeks, sorry, after I finished high school. And I adored my dad. He was like the chrome domed, a bit like Pat. Bald man. And he used to stand there in the stands watching me develop my hip replacements. And, uh, and he'd, he'd, he'd gone and I was a, a very lonely, broken young woman. And we ended up in England and, and I was pregnant with my son, Ryan, 25 years old. And I decided at that point in my life that perhaps I needed to deal with the issues in my heart because I owed it to the next generation. And so I thought in myself, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to find my real family. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I'm going to meet my mom and my dad, and I'm going to deal with the pain in my heart, let God sort it and move on. And so they just changed the law in Queensland at that time, and you could get your original birth certificate. So three months later, I get this birth certificate back, and it's got my birth mother's name on it, Heather May Salter. Big gap for father. And it, it turned out that 
Her address when I was born was a cattle station way out in the bush in Queensland. So I rode off and of course family was still on the property and three months later I get a letter from my birth mother who is five foot one and I discover I've got four half brothers and a half sister. Amazing family. One of my brothers played for the Wallabies, was captain of ACT Brumbies. Another brother is an orthopedic surgeon. Where was he when I needed him? (laughs) Another one was a barrister. Just amazing family. But anyway, for six months, Heather and I wrote back and forth across the world. Eventually, I go to Brisbane the day that I'm to meet my birth mother. Now, I have never been so nervous in all my life. So I got my beautiful 80s mullet perm sorted for the occasion. See, no one laughs here because you don't even know what a mullet perm is. (laughs) Let's just say it was a fashion mistake. (laughs) And I went into the centre of Brisbane to meet my mother. You've got to understand that I went on that day to solve what was going on in my heart. I went that day to deal with the issues of, a, of abandonment and rejection and insecurity in my soul. And I sit down with Heather in the middle of Brisbane. And Heather says to me, Jenny, I, I think, would you like to know who your father is? And I was so excited because I'd lost my dad at 16 and I had no fatherhood in my life. And she said, Jenny, she says, I was gang raped and you are the baby. Now you've got to understand that was not a good day at the office. Because all those years I'd felt unwanted and unloved, rejected. And in that moment when she said that to me, I felt more rejected more unwanted, more dirty, and more unloved than I'd ever felt in my life. But God. And this is what I really want to speak to you about this morning. This is Now, with the bomb that you just exploded in the middle of that stage there, where you need to go from there is to the cross to the fact that we are all conceived and born dead in trespasses and sins. It doesn't matter if your father and your mother were happily married when you were conceived. Every single human being descended from Adam and Eve, with the exception of one, and that's Christ. And you'll note that he's conceived in the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit, God in human flesh. But every other person is born dead in trespasses and sins. And the solution that God has done for us is to send Jesus Christ. He is born of the Virgin Mary, lives a sinless life in our place, bleeds and dies for our sins, is buried On the third day, bodily rises from the grave for our justification. And all of this is because of our Heavenly Father's great love for us. 
whether your parents wanted you or not, whether you were, you know, basically put out for adoption or whatever the sketchy details are regarding your conception, you are wanted by God, so much so that he sent his son Jesus Christ to bleed and die for your sins, to reconcile you to the Father, and he calls us all to repent and to be forgiven. This is so clear. So, Jenny, you've just touched on a subject that perfectly sets up the ability to preach Christ and him crucified for our sins and how God the Father wanted you so much that he sent his son to bleed and to die for your sins. I am hoping and praying that's where you take this sermon. Your breakthrough. God began to speak into my life and he gave me my life verse, which is Jeremiah 1 verse 5. And it says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. How could that be possible that before I was formed in the womb, he knew me? But even from the beginnings of a gang rape, God knew about me. And he had destiny written all over my life. Oh, boy. He had destiny written all over my life. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to the cross, are we? Today, from ever you have come from, whatever circumstance you have been through, whatever pain you have experienced, God has destiny written all over your life and all over the pain that you have experienced. He has destiny written all over my life. Wow. That doesn't make me feel better. But there came a moment that God challenged me said, Jen, it's your choice. Still preaching about herself. What you do now. Because our pasts and our pain can either be a container or a springboard into a better future. A container or a springboard. Mm-hmm. Biblical text, please. And I remember the moment of challenge because we all have it. And you know what? God would love us whether we responded to this challenge or not. But he said to me, Jen, what are you going to do now? He, he, he said that to you. Okay. Are you going to sit here or are you going to allow me to use what you have been through? And that is the challenge today for all of us. Are we going to allow God to come? Are we going to draw a line in the sand today and say enough is enough? Are we going to allow God the Holy Spirit to powerfully come and anoint our lives? I did not know in that moment. Are you going to allow God to come and powerfully anoint your life. If God wanted to powerfully anoint my life, do you think I would be capable of keeping him from doing so? I mean, he's God, you know. When God challenged me, that literally thousands and thousands of lives stood on the other side of that decision. 
I did not know that. And you today are unaware of what God has because he wants to anoint your story. Because he wants to anoint the things you have been through. Are you sure God wants to anoint my story? Do you you have a text that says that? And I put it like this. The enemy had a ploy, but God has a plan. Uh Yeah, it doesn't sound like anything biblical to me. Sounds quite narcissistic. Enemy had a ploy, but God has a plan. Not just for me, for you. I am just the baby of a gang rape from the back streets of Brisbane, but God had a plan. And he knew that 50 years later, thousands of lives would be touching the heart of God because of a day that I made a decision. Wow, you bravely changed the world. Yeah, we don't even need Jesus. We've got you now. One day making a decision. And so God began to speak into my world and he promised me a number of things. He, he did. Okay. And the first thing he said is, Jen, I'm going to give you divine forgetfulness. Wow. That's, that sounds pretty amazing. So how do I get, my, get me some of that divine forgetfulness? I mean, I, I could probably use some of that. In the chapel service, I said, we can use that as an excuse from now on. Of a certain age, it was divine forgetfulness. But I needed to hear that from God. Do you know, we will never forget what we've been through. But God promises that we will forget the pain. We will. He, he does? Where does he say that? Forget the pain. That it will no longer hold our spirits. We cannot change where we have come from. But we can allow God to help us to change our future. And what we love to do as Christians is we love to linger around our yesterdays. We love to drape ourselves over in consequence. You thought when I got up here I was nice. You're wrong. We love to drape ourselves over yesterday's inconsequence because it's comforting. And Isaiah says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. And then it's- Yeah, I'd like to see that in context because I'm pretty sure when we look at it in context, it's not talking about it in the way you are. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And we are too busy lingering over the inconsequence. And I can only say that because I've done it. And a moment came in my life when God says, Jenny, you cannot drape yourself over this a moment longer because it is destructive to your future. And he knew at that moment what was on the other side. We've got to stop lingering over our pain. It's a comfort blanket that will keep us bound. We need to make a decision today. Is anybody awake? We need to make a decision today that we are going to step into our God-given future. Yeah, it's it's all up to you. You, You've got to make a decision to step into your God-given future. It it won't save you. You won't be a Christian if you do that. You can 
claim that you've stepped into your God-given future and still go to hell because that's not even close to the same thing as being a penitent believer in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And God promised me. He said, Jen, I want to give you divine fruitfulness. Wow. Forgetfulness and fruitfulness. Wow. That sounds like some amazing gifts. But they're not from God. Do you know there's a character in the Bible called Joseph? And there's this amazing verse, and it says, God has made me forget all the trouble of my father's household. Genesis 41. He says, and God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. God doesn't make you fruitful in someone else's land. No, you, you are only fruitful in somebody else's land, right? <clears throat> yeah, whatever. He makes you fruitful in yours. He makes you fruitful in the very thing that you have suffered, in the very place that you have been through. He says he will make you fruitful. And you know, it's interesting, isn't it, that the Bible says in John chapter 12, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Yeah, all of the verses she's quoted out of context in order to somehow buttress the theology that she's learned from her personal life experiences and direct revelations from God. Yeah, she's deceived and deceiving by doing this. We walk through life with a sense at times that so much is dying around us. So much pain has gone on within our lives and we're wondering what it's for. But God says, if you would come, if you would die to that thing that has held you for so long, God says, I will come and I will multiply it and I will turn it into something so incredible and something beyond your wildest imagination and dream. In the last Yeah, where again does God say these things? Year alone, 35 babies have been born into our care. Each and every one of those babies is me. Each and every one of those little lives is a baby of rape. And each and every one of those little lives has destiny written. Each and every one. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about sin. Christ and him crucified for our sins. Repentance, the forgiveness of sin. We're just going to talk about they have destiny rather than Jesus. Wow, that's pretty bad. I had no idea when God said to me, Jenny, I want to give you divine fruitfulness. I didn't know. Quite what that meant. I'm pretty sure you have no clue what it actually means even now. I'm believing today for you that multiplication starts today. Right. We, we need some multiplication now. She's praying that for us. Did you hear me? Uh, oh, yeah. I heard you. That your multiplication starts today. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's about time, too. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Do you know, and the last thing that God promised me was this. He said, Jen, I'm going to give you divine authority. Okay. Fruitfulness, forgetfulness, and authority. Yeah, that's, that, that's quite the trio. You know, with Joseph, he was abandoned and betrayed, and all this stuff happened to him. And he ended yeah, lots of stuff. up second in charge of the entire land in which he'd suffered. Mm-hmm. He ended up the kingmaker. One thing I have begun to understand about my life now is this. I could preach on anything. And as I've said over the week... Yeah, but you choose not to preach about Jesus. And I am not a teacher. I never will. I like to dabble in the shallow end of Christianity and allow people like Pat Ancliffe to do the deep stuff. Mm, I'm pretty sure this isn't even in the shallow end of Christianity. It's not Christianity that you're preaching. You preached about yourself. This is narcissism. So I will probably never teach on the tabernacle or Methuselah or uh, Melchizedek or any of the other guys. Right. That would require a a biblical text and you rightly handling it, which is the job of a pastor when they give a sermon. So you choose not to do any of that stuff. You just preach about you and what you claim God has given you, you know, kind of like, you know, the woman in the in the in the lake the lady of the lake who gave king arthur you know the sword you 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 know god has appeared to you and has given you fruitfulness and forgetfulness and authority yeah but if i did broken people will be healed well i i hope you decide to do that then so that broken people there's all these broken people that need to be healed and only you can save them jenny because god has given me and authority over brokenness. Oh, wow. She has authority over brokenness? I mean, that's quite the thing. I'm surprised she's not using that authority. She's said she's not going to do that. Okay. God has given me an authority over pain. God has given me an authority over the brokenness that is in your world. And I'm going to speak a word today. I'm going to speak. You do that. You just break that brokenness. Just snap it in half there prayer over your life today and brokenness is going to go in the name of jesus in just, your life you know just and like stuff that stuff that has held you bound stuff that's you know stuff is gonna go yeah stuff that has held you captive stuff that has contained you for many years is going to drop off your life today in jesus name drop that stuff because god has caused my life to be a deliverer well forget about jesus we have jenny I know now that I am a deliverer. I am a deliverer of people physically, and I am a deliverer of people spiritually. I know my lane. I know who I am, and I know what I'm saying this morning. And she's way more important than Jesus. God is going to do a miracle in your life today. In closing, before we pray, Cue sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique designed to create the false impression that God, the Holy Spirit, is now descending on the audience, working with them to make decisions of one kind or another. Mm -hmm. 
I assure you, the Holy Spirit has nothing whatsoever to do with this message. Um, he's absent. Jesus says when he sends the Holy Spirit that he would convict the world of sin and unbelief. I know, no one's been convicted of their sins and unbelief, and this woman has literally preached delusional delusions of grandeur regarding herself. She is the authority. She is a deliverer, not Jesus. She's pointing everybody to herself. Quick, run to the altar so that Jenny can deliver you. I remember having a complaint to God once, and I know that I'm the only person here that ever does that, so forgive me for it. But I was having a moment complaining and saying, God, why my whole life have I had to deal with rejection? And, you know, I can find myself even now in environments and talking to diplomatic people and important people in suits with a proper job. And I... I find myself in these environments and think, I feel this small. I remember crying out to God saying, God, why, why did you allow this? Why did you allow no fatherhood in my life? Why did you allow me to never have this? God is our father. We pray our father who art in heaven. Are you going to point to him yet? Or are you just going to keep pointing to yourself? Spirit breathed into my soul and said, Jen, I want you to become what you were never given. Mm, Okay, so Jen is now also a father. Rather than pointing to our father in heaven, God is pointing to her and saying, you need to point people to you for the father thing. I want you to become what you were never given. And you know, God has the power to do that. Mm. He wants us to have shoulders so broad that people can touch the heart of God because of our story. Amen. I wonder if we could have... You have a text that says that? I mean, nothing you've said is actually biblical or true. The musicians up. That'd be great. Maybe not Led Zeppelin at this point. Seems like a weird band to play for worship, but okay. So what's going to happen today? I'm going to pray. Mm. And then Pastor Phil and Chris are going to complete the service. Mm. But when that's done, we're going to have an altar moment. Many of you, you know, you need to... Come to the altar. Jen will deliver you. Go and do your thing. But there are some of you in this place today that God the Holy Spirit's going to come and you're going to have a deliverance moment. A moment where brokenness is broken off your life forever. No, it won't. And then God will open your eyes to perceive what it is he has for your pain. Are you ready? Will you stand with me, church? Done. Wow. Yeah, that woman pointed everybody to her. That's weird. Scriptures are about Christ. Christ is our deliverer, our redeemer, our savior. Not Jenny. But Jenny could only preach about Jenny because Jenny's all about Jenny. And the sad part is, is that the people there believe that she's really hearing from God and she can really deliver them and she can't. They are as mired in brokenness and sin as when they entered the building. In fact, probably worse because they're deceived as well.
So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. <laughs>